0: Won't you be my neighbor? Jesus reminds us of the importance of neighbors. But sometimes it's hard to like our neighbors, right? Do you like everyone you encounter all the time? No. Sometimes it's easy just to label them and distance ourselves from them. like in this meme that my friend sent me this week, and there's no background as to people that we were irritated with together. (laughs) Sometimes we like to call people idiots. But to call someone an idiot is to distance ourselves from them and to label them. To call someone a neighbor is to talk about our relationship to them. Because as Sam Johnson said at 9 o'clock, if you're my neighbor, then I'm your neighbor. If you're an idiot, then I'm not an idiot. Jesus didn't call people idiots. Jesus called people neighbors. And it really was a focus of Jesus' time and energy and teaching, answering the question, who is my neighbor and how do I love them? Jesus slowed down for children, went out of his way to touch lepers, engaged with those who were religiously and culturally different. He elevated women and showed honor to those who had been pushed to the margins. He ate with tax collectors and political rebels, religious people and prostitutes, sinners and saints, rich and poor. That is who Jesus was. So what is a neighbor? Where do you encounter neighbors in your life? Mr. Rogers. (laughs) Yeah. And where do you personally, in your sphere, where do you meet a neighbor? Everywhere. Everywhere. be specific. At the grocery store. At the grocery store on the airplane at the post office at the post office at door. next door <laughs> at, the at the demonstration in church in church in my garden club at the movie theater at your garden club concerts at concerts at work at work at, at school at the farmers market all of these places so there are at least 3 categories of spheres that we all exist in, where we live, where we work, or where we spend most of our time, and then where we go sometimes for fun or needs, like the grocery store, right? All of these places are spheres that we exist in without a lot of intentionality, right? These are just the things we do, and so we encounter other people, and all of those people are our neighbors even when we don't want all of them to be our neighbors. So I'd like to tell you a story, and you might guess which story I'm going to tell you about being a neighbor, because it's kind of a famous one. But the question is asked in the midst of this story to Jesus, who is my neighbor? So it seems like that's a story we should tell when we're talking about being neighbors. So I'm reading from the Gospel of Luke in the 10th chapter. And there's also um, the greatest commandment is here as well. So listen for that. A legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Oh, and you have a visual Lego telling of the story behind me thanks to the Brick Testament. Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you interpret it? He responded, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your being, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right. So he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. A man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He encountered thieves who stripped him naked, beat him up, and left him near death. Now, it just happened that a priest was also going down the same road. When he saw the injured man, he crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way. Likewise, a Levite came by that spot. He saw the injured man and crossed over to the other side of the road and went on his way, a Samaritan who was on a journey came to where the man was, but when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. The Samaritan went to him, bandaged his wounds, tending them with oil and wine. Then he placed the wounded man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took two full days' worth of wages and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, take care of him, and when I return, I will pay you back for any additional costs. What do you think? Which one of these three was a neighbor to the man who encountered thieves? The legal expert said, the one who demonstrated mercy toward him. Jesus told him, go, and do likewise. Even though you probably have heard this story before, I think it's easy to miss the meaning, the challenge in these words. Jesus and the lawyer are engaging each other with questions. The lawyer comes to Jesus and asks a question, and Jesus, in good rabbi form, replies with a question. And I think it's actually a good model for us, for engaging with our neighbors. Because we could give simple easy answers to questions sometimes, right? But that doesn't lead us deeper into relationship. When we really engage each other, there are not simple, short answers. There are good, deep conversations. Even when those conversations are not easy. So, the lawyer quoted two passages from the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 6, 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Have you heard that before? And then Leviticus 19, 18, love your neighbor as yourself. It's tempting to read these in order of importance. Love God first, that's really important, and love your neighbor too. But that's not really what is being expressed here when Jesus says, this, you've got it, this is how it is. The, it's not that we love God and our neighbor, it's that we love God by loving our neighbor. The way we love God is by loving our neighbor. And if we're not loving our neighbor, then we're not loving God. We're thankful to the National Community Church in Washington, D.C. for the graphics for this series and for these words in particular and the frame that we're using. We're grateful for churches that share. So if we are growing in our relationship with God, We are growing in our relationship with others. The two are interconnected. We only love God to the extent that we love our neighbor. But then the question is, who is my neighbor? And when we even ask that question, the hope is that someone isn't my neighbor, right? The lawyer saying, who can I exclude from being my neighbor? If I really have to love my neighbor, who is it that I don't have to love? Who's in and who's out? But Jesus, in this story, and in various other ways, challenges us to love everybody. Jesus says you have to love your enemy, then really there's nobody that you don't have to love. And this story, the dynamic that we miss through our lens in our century and place in the world, is who Samaritans were because to say that Samaritans and Jews were enemies was an understatement. There was a long and painful history of religious hostility, political betrayal, and cultural difference. To get from Galilee to Jerusalem, most Jewish pilgrims would take a two-day detour simply to avoid going through Samaria. And Jesus made the Samaritan the hero of this story. The one who went the extra mile was the one who had the least reputation with the audience to whom Jesus was speaking. And this road that they are traveling on in this story is a dangerous road. It's 18 miles of mostly barren, rocky, desert terrain. There were many robberies that happened on this path. So helping this injured man made the Samaritan at risk of also being attacked but he made that choice anyway, even though the others did not. The Samaritan goes over and above to take care of the injured man. And in this story, you're supposed to picture yourself as the injured person, not as the one who's caring for others. You're the recipient of the care in this story, in this frame. And so this Samaritan, this enemy comes and takes care of you when you're in need of that care, and doesn't just give you some money, doesn't just buy you some lunch, doesn't just give you a smile, but is invested in your whole recovery. How often do we do that for a stranger? When Jesus asks at the end of the story, who was the neighbor? The lawyer simply said, the one who showed mercy. He didn't say the Samaritan. Probably for various reasons. But he defined the man by his actions. To be a neighbor is to show mercy even to your enemy. So Jesus says, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. That's a challenge. If you've heard me ever preach before, you probably know that Brene Brown is one of my gurus. And I have been listening to her latest book, Braving the Wilderness. She defines the wilderness as an undamed, untamed, unpredictable place of solitude and thirsting, a place as dangerous as it is breathtaking. A place as sought after as it is feared. But it turns out to be a place of true belonging. It's the bravest and most sacred place you will ever stand. I can imagine the Jericho Road as a wilderness. And places like that in our lives where we encounter our true self and are transformed. Chapter 6 is called Hold Hands with Strangers. And this is how she begins. We are in a spiritual crisis. And the key to building a true belonging practice is maintaining our belief in extricable human connection inextricable human connection that connection the spirit that flows between us and every other human being in the world is not something that can be broken however our belief in the connection is constantly tested and repeatedly severed. When our belief that there is something greater than us, something rooted in love and compassion breaks, we are more likely to retreat to our bunkers, to hate from afar, to tolerate BS, to dehumanize the the other, and ironically, to stay out of the wilderness. I can stand up for what I believe is right when I know that regardless of the pushback and criticism, I am connected to myself and others in a way that cannot be severed. When we don't believe in an unbreakable connection, the isolation of the wilderness is too daunting, and we stay in our factions and our echo chambers. The truth is that I am connected to every other human being on this planet in an inextricable human human connection. That's the truth. We are all beloved children of God. The truth also is that we forget that truth. That the powers of life and death and hatred and power struggles divide us and lead us to forget that we are all connected to one another. And if we forget that, we cannot be whole. Because everyone is my neighbor. Even when I'm tempted to call them idiots. Everyone is my neighbor. And if I do not hold on to that truth, I'm not loving God because I am not loving my neighbor. When we live our lives, we are surrounded by neighbors, right? In the grocery store, in our street, where at our work, everywhere we go, we are surrounded by neighbors. And each and every day we have a choice. How we interact and are open to those neighbors. And how we interact and are open to people that we will never meet and never see because they are our neighbors too. We are all beloved children of God and therefore we are all neighbors, even our enemies. So how... Have we loved our neighbors? And to whom have we shown mercy? So I invite you to remember your neighbors, not just here in this place, on these Sundays that we're gonna be talking about it, but in your daily life, each and every day. And I hope That when you stand up for what you believe is right, you will know that you are fully connected to yourself and to others in a way that cannot be severed. Because God is in that connection. And we love God by loving each other. That is the way of Jesus. May we follow in that way. Amen. Thank